Hi, and welcome to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. Mousebirds is brought to you by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations Travel Agency. TTA Vacations specializes in helping you plan your Disney, Universal, and Cruise Line vacations. To take advantage of our free planning services, contact us at ttavacations at gmail.com. Our show hosts are your agents, so contact us to have us help plan your dream family vacation today. Hi, and welcome back to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. I'm Ron, and today I'm here with my co-hosts, Laurel and Rachel, and we're talking about some more Disney news. Last week, we brought you the information presented about the new Disney cruise ship, the Disney Treasure. And today we're going to bring you some information from the Destination D23 event that just took place at the Contemporary Resort, kind of highlighting what's new and what's coming to the Disney parks, uh, both domestic and around the world. But we're going to kind of focus on the domestic stuff because that's kind of what they did. They showed us some stuff that we knew about that's about to open in some of the worldwide parks, but... We're just going to focus on what's coming new to Disney World, mostly, and a little bit of Disneyland. So we're going to go through the presentation and the order they did. And let's start talking about next year, we're going to be getting some Star Tours updates. Star Tours updates. Which is kind of cool because everybody's been wondering, you know, is it going to be in limbo with both parks that have Galaxy's Edge have a Star Tours still. So what are they going to do with it? And I think they had mentioned they were going to put some Mandalorian stuff in it coming. But now we got next year, Ahsoka is going to somehow be joining Star Tours. I don't know if she's going to be have a mission to give us right, right, or an opening or what. I, I assume it's just going to be that projection section in the middle. I, I mean, it, I'm assuming it's going to be an, a segment that could be a part of the loop, you know, like the depending on or maybe multiple segments that could be a part of whatever your experience is. You know, every time you go on that ride, it's there's different, you know. Right. For people who don't know, the way Star Tours works is I think there's four there's four main segments. You have your intro when you're, you know, you, you jump to hyperspace. You have your first planet. You get a transmission from Yoda or Leia or Akbar uh, that tells you what you're, you know, that there's a spy on board and you got to get them to safety. And then you go to your second planet. Now, some of those planets have multiple like variations of their video, um, but those are that. So I think my guess is Ahsoka is going to be that middle transmission. I think it's going to be interesting e either way. And ever since they made the previous updates where they added from some of the newer movies, I think uh, everyone's been wondering about what whether that was going to be a continued tradition, you know, with new TV shows, with new movies, with more characters being introduced, more worlds, et cetera. I mean, like theoretically, they could continue to add on to this experience consistently. So this sort of just proves that same pattern that they clearly want to continue to add to this particular ride so that's kind of fun it's exciting and i'm glad it's not going away anytime soon like they're not just trying to shoehorn something else into that technology which they've done like hong kong is an iron man version of it body wars is the exact same ride system um i'm just glad it's sticking around and i'm glad they're doing these updates 
because I do love this ride. I've loved this ride since the first time I rode it uh, in the early 90s. Oh, totally. There's a definite nostalgic factor here. And I, I just... I think, you know, everyone has their own opinions when it comes to Disney and changes. Um, But I think this is kind of like the perfect marriage, you know, when it comes to changes, like adding and bringing in segments from newer movies brings in the current and new fans. But it also keeps me because, you know, I'm connected to the nostalgia. And they they lock the new segments in for a little bit, but then they go into the rotation. So you're going to have to see this probably for a few months, at least when it comes out. I'm assuming. And then it'll go back to be seeing whoever you want to as, or not who you want to, whoever randomly comes up in the loop. Do you have any comments on it, Rachel? uh, Yes. I I was a little confused whenever they made that announcement because they really didn't give any explanation as to how Ahsoka was going to be implemented. Yes. So I I kind of have been going back and forth in my mind on how I think they should do it. So hopefully uh, I won't get disappointed. But typically with Star Tours, part of the process of your journey is you eventually get given a mission. So I'm going to assume that Ahsoka is probably joining as a mission giver. She's going to be coming in and she's kind of like the the Princess Leia moment where she comes in and gives uh, Star Tours a mission to complete. So that's kind of what I'm assuming. And I and I know they didn't say this, but I think Chopper will be with her. So I think it will be Ahsoka and Chopper together and they're going to give us a mission and then somehow... Chopper is going to screw something up and get all angry and for snickering and then, you know, you know, Bob's your uncle. I also think they're not going to make it so easy to get the Ahsoka mission. I think that it's still going to be like, you know, your basic, um, you know, crapshoot in the sense that they, they really have like what, 30, 30 or 40 different scenarios that you could experience. Yeah. With the number of patterns you could get. There's at least two openings and I've lost count of how many first planets and how many second planets are from the edition. But it started with 54 variations. And then there were minor variations in that. Like, I know when you crash on Naboo, uh, there's a couple different ways, like, you could crash at the very end. And the same thing with Kashyyyk. There's a couple different ways you could accidentally right. run over Wookiees. So there's more variations than they say. And then they've added on. It's it's tough to count at this point. My gosh, so, I hope they include Chopper. I feel like, I mean, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if there was like a, a Chopper animatronic in the intro instead of, instead of who is it right now? R2. It's R2. Oh, I thought it was, wasn't it C-3PO? 3PO and R2 both show up, yeah. Yeah, so okay, that would be so, super fun. <laughs> so do you think they're going to change like the the ratio to to the potential of getting Ahsoka more frequently? I said said before, you cut out for a minute when I was talking about it, is whenever they added the stuff for episodes 7, 8, and 9, they lock it in for a period of months. You're definitely getting that segment. The other segments could rotate around that, but those were locked. So I think that's going to happen here for a little bit when we get Ahsoka in. Yeah, but it'll eventually get rolled into the standardized pattern for variation. Like, kind of once it's once past the excitement the bloom, off. 
Yeah, once the bloom was born, you know. Okay. All right. So moving on from that, uh, we're also getting Asha from the upcoming movie Wish is going to be uh, added to Epcot and at Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. But she's going to get her own meet and greet at uh, somewhere in Epcot. I'm very excited about this. Um, I'm, I haven't been this excited about a an upcoming animation film in a long time. I've been reluct. I was reluctant to get excited just because I had been a little. I don't want to say disappointed, but I guess I should say that the last uh, couple of Disney animation films haven't quite hit the mark for me. Um, and I, and I feel like this is kind of getting back to some of the Disney roots. Um, but at the same time is really going to be interesting and different. So, so you didn't like Encanto. I liked Encanto, but there were other ones I didn't like. Like I, I just didn't, I don't know. I, I, I liked it, but again, I, I just, I felt like they hadn't really been doing the best job and getting good. Like I didn't like Buzz Lightyear and I didn't like, um, Mm. I'm really not very interested in elemental. I'm not very interested in uh, strange new worlds. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is really going to get us back to some of the more traditional storytelling that we expect from Disney that they do really well at. And I think they're doing it in a very new way. We need another princess of color. We need more characters that have diversity. You know, I'm excited about it. And I'm just glad they're getting a character. They're saying this is coming out about when the movie's coming out. Like they dropped the ball on some of these, not having these characters. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it is a smart move to have some of the representation of the characters in the parks or at least, and not just in merchandise, you know, like there has to be more, this is like, this is almost like, like they're, you know, PR like there needs to be more advertising for this before it comes out. Right, they used to have parades at the studios for every animated movie yeah. to come out. Yeah, like they would have that day of, like Beauty and the Beast live on stage debuted the same day as the movie. Oh yeah, back in yeah nineteen ninety one. Like so, that's crazy. Well, we were talking about this on our Animal Kingdom Day um, discussion, but a Bug's Life. Um, the A Bug's Life show came out a couple of months with the park opening yeah, before, before the, movie. the movie had even been released. So, you know, getting people, ergo, excited about the movie. So I, I definitely think there is something to, like, the connectivity of whatever experience you're having at the parks and, and getting excited about whatever movie. So I, I'm excited about Asha coming in because, frankly, I think it's now getting to the point where Disney realizes that they have to Really, I mean, if they want to get people excited for the movies, they need to actually do some work. <laughs> like they need to do the yeah. PR, get the get the word out, get the information out, you know. And I think then p- the people will come. You know, the people will want to see this the movie and enjoy it. And we'll, we'll come back to tough to be a bug in a little bit, actually. But, but let's go to something a little more concrete that we know is coming. And I think the three of us are hoping it's ready for our trip in November is in late November, the Hatbox ghost is making his first appearance here at Walt Disney world. He's been in Disneyland, I think since the 60th anniversary, which Mm -hmm. was six, seven years ago now. Yeah. 
Uh, he's in a different space here. I think he's going to be in front of the endless hallway, they said. Yes, that's um, correct. Well, I, I was also a little confused by this announcement because I I could have sworn they were supposed to be releasing the Hatbox Ghost at Magic Kingdom sooner than November. Like, I thought they were supposed to be doing it this month. Well, they've, they said he they did a small Haunted Mansion refurbishment around the same time the movie was coming out. And right. they just said he's not going to be ready. So I'm guessing there was some sort of delay in getting right. animatronic. It, it is a complex animatronic and technology. And in fact, I think I, I don't, I'd have to go back and check the records, but I feel like they had announced it really early at Disneyland and it came in a bit later than they were anticipating as well. I'm not sure. And, yeah. And it came in and then they had a lot of issues with it not working very well. And it took a lot of maintenance time. So, you know, it's, it is a complex tech and I want to make sure, I mean, I'd rather make sure they do it right. You know, I'm happy we're getting it. I just don't like the placement. I think it messes with the the storyline. Right. I I always felt like the best part of the storyline was either in. Don't see ghosts until after Leota. Right. Exactly. I've always felt like it was either in, well, we get the attic scene in, um, in uh, Magic Kingdom. So either somewhere like in that area or after you fall out, you know, I guess like the question is like when you come down the window and then you're into the graveyard scene, that's kind of like where I always envision the hat box goes. That's where he was. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's almost like in this version, they're having the hat box ghost be like a foreshadowing of what's to come. But I, I do agree. There is something obscure about putting it there but who knows maybe that's partly why the animatronic is is being is delayed maybe they're not doing it the exact same way as disneyland and it's not going to be quite the same concept you know Maybe and I will something say, about it is going to feel movie, different. Right? No, we haven't seen the movie yet so he's the main villain of the movie yes the yes uh, one thing I'm excited about with them doing it in this area of the uh, Haunted Mansion is that that particular section of the mansion is like really dark. And because like you're just looking down this dark hallway and you're kind of it is there's like a fear factor moment. You're like at the, at the anticipation, like what's going to happen next and when they turn my doom buggy around. Um, but I do kind of like the idea that there's like some kind of visual aid to look at that's a lot more i mean you know in your face um and more storytelling you know in that one section so it'll be interesting to see how it works all right um the next thing we got was a piece of avengers concept art from disneyland just what the ride vehicle is going to look like Mm -hmm. uh whatever it's a picture of a ride vehicle that looks like uh one of the like um what did i forget the name the uh trackless ride vehicles that they've used it looks just a variation on that so yay i'm excited when this ride opens but like that's the years here it's a separate ride at avengers campus outside of what's already there correct this is going to be originally they were going to have the like attack on wakanda attraction and then covid hit because we were at that d23 when they announced that one and then when covid hit that kind of got put on the back shelf and they also wanted to do something different. I think Chadwick Boseman might have had something to do with right. not focusing on Wakanda so much. Now that they're doing a multiverse attraction where 
everybody's going after Thanos. I, I have to say, I'm actually really ex- much more excited about the story of this particular ride than I am about whatever tech goes into it. I think this is exactly what they needed to do to sort of like tie the whole campus together. Like to me, like this feels like um, the rise of the resistance version of what's going to be like at Avengers campus. And I don't mean like they're going to create like a 25 minute saga experience with multi-layered, you know, dimensions i'm not saying that i'm just saying like this is like i i envision this is going to be like the big ride in this section of the park that really ties all of the different pieces of it together but and the way does they're it doing have it, to be thanos like does it have to be thanos well it's a different version of thanos yeah it's king thanos R- remember rachel that it, it is the multiverse so yeah it's know. not the it's not the snap guy we know it's right like the one who won, where they're going right, back like a different, a di- yeah, a different world. But I, I think it's going to be very interesting, and I think it's going to give them an opportunity to introduce a lot of our favorite characters, and at the same time bring in some newer characters that are going to be introduced in some of the new, um, you know, the next set of films. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. And I also really hope that it gets tied into whatever is going to happen with the MCU film line. So mm. that'd be smart. <laughs> I mean, Avengers Campus really is like the one area of that park that can have a moving constant. Like, yeah. you know, because it's there's so much content and because there's so much movement happening in those stories constantly right yes. now. Like the, you know, that's like the section I expect for changes in that every couple of years. No, they haven't been out there. I was going to say, did you guys get a chance to see it? So we got to see it last September, so about a year ago. Um, So we did bring Andy out. So she was three and a half with us on that particular trip. She loved the Spider-Man. She did. She she wanted to take that $80 Spider-Man toy home. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so she she loved the Spider-Man ride a lot. Um, and uh, we went to go, didn't we eat at the Quantum? Yeah, the yeah. food was fine. Yeah, we, we and that was, I was like, actually pretty good. We enjoyed yeah, that. And then we did see the, which the, it was pretty new at the time was the Spider-Man show that they sort of do. It's, it's not like a, it, you have to remember Disneyland doesn't have as many like show spaces. There's a few pop-up shows. Yeah, like they have pop-up things. There's a Spider-Man like stunt show where there's an actor jumping around on the roof that cuts to an animatronic that flies through the air. Right. And, and then it's really cool. And then there are these little storytelling moments where actors um with specific characters, like they'll get together and they'll have like a story happening. On like some deck of a building or on some yeah. balcony. We and saw Black be, Widow and like Black Panther. Yeah, like yeah. And then like, and you'll just be walking by and you're like, what's happening right now? Oh my God, there's a story happening. I'm walking and right in the middle of it. I will say one of my favorite things is the casting they do on some of those lookalikes. Yeah. Dr. Stray, it could have been Benedict Cumberbatch walking <laughs> next to me. It was great. Yeah. And that giant Hulk costume we got to see. Yes, the big Hulk was amazing. He just they just brought him in that so like that month. They did a there. great job of adding characters there instantly. And they'll be like, 
oh, that episode of Loki that just aired? Yeah, Sylphie's in the park too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This, I mean, if I were living in Disney, if I were living in Anaheim, I would probably be going to Disneyland like every few weeks. I mean, there's like, they're constantly bringing new yeah, stuff that's, out. That's what I mean. That's what I mean that Avengers Campus really is a constant moving target. Yeah. So in order to really keep it relevant, they have to constantly be changing and upgrading and bringing in new characters because that honestly, and I love, I love uh, that particular park, but that is the biggest draw section of that park. And that's and the it, reason why people, in my opinion, are probably going oh, to yeah. Disney's California Adventure, at least until, San, you know, San Francisco is going to yeah. get there. I so. love like I love Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. I think yeah, it's, it's pretty a good. Huge improvement on that version of Tower because without the fifth dimension, I never thought that version of Tower. We saw the Paris one, and we right. saw that one. Was well, and, great. and with the latest Guardians movie, like I mean, don't get me wrong, Rocket was like an iconic, like just everyone has like a deep connection to Rocket. But now, like with this most recent movie, like I feel like the world is like in love with Rocket. So they really, you know, they were pretty smart in terms of sort of centering a lot of the story around him. And then the the Spider-Man web is not as good. I still think the Universal Spider-Man attraction is better. What you know? But this was. I think they're they're different. This was a fun like. Yeah, there's an interactive element. I mean, our our three and a half year old didn't quite catch on to the interactive piece of it. Yeah. But but she still enjoyed it. I think that um, there's a thrilling experience at the one at Universal, and then there's an interactive experience at the one at, at Disney Avengers. I think they're both great in their own way. All right. Uh, well, then let's move back over to the East Coast and back to the Magic Kingdom. What I think this was kind of a somewhat unexpected one. Yes. Was the Country Bear Jamboree is going to be the Country Bear musical review. Excuse me. The Country Bear Jamboree is going to be the Country Bear musical review starting next year. They're going to update all the songs to be different versions of country songs of Disney classics. And they showed us, well, they didn't show us, they let us hear a bit of... The Bear Necessities. Which is perfect, and it works. (laughs) It sounded so good, and I'm just glad. I think I love the Country Bears, but I I don't think anybody's going to say that it needs some sort of update. Yeah, no, I, um, I mean, there's clearly like a few other changes, like they're changing a couple, like one of the characters' names, which I think is rightfully fine. That's nothing wrong with that. And they're really trying to bring back in some of the, you know, the Disney IP songs. The first thing I said was, I, I was like, they better, they better not forget some Brother Bear songs <laughs> because I mean, like what an opportunity to finally show them some love. I'm a big Brother Bear fan. Yeah, I, I get it. Not a lot of people loved it, but you know they used the welcome song for a yeah, long that's time. true. That that's the, so. I think it's going to be welcome to my family. Would probably be yeah. the one that they use unless they. There's like the introduction song in the movie that Tina Turner sings that I guess if they wanted to, but I just can't imagine that one in like a country version. It would probably be the family song. Yeah. Uh, our kid loves it, so I hope I'm just glad it's gonna stay, and I think she'll like it more when she knows the song when the song she knows. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Rachel? Yeah. I I I, <laughs> I was uh surprised by this announcement, but underwhelmed. Um I'm 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 uncertain uh how they're really going to 
make effective changes. And and I, I get what they're doing with it, but I don't know if it's really going to pop the way that they're hoping for. I mean, I will always go to Country Bears because it's indoors and the air conditioning and I'm in Florida and it's hot. So I'm always going to take a breath and go in there and listen mm-hmm. to the Country Bears. But and this isn't the first time they've done this. They did this in the 80s with the uh, Country Bear Vacation Hoedown where they were yes. singing stuff like Beach Boys and stuff like that. So they did. Yeah. They've yes. done pop songs before. Yeah. Uh, I think the most important thing here to me isn't as much about changing the soundtrack and the story. They really need to do some work on the interior of that theater. Yes. Um, yes. If they're going to be doing this. And the animatronics themselves. The animatronics really need some, uh, some grease. I think though, honestly, the, that what I am looking forward to only because I think that the, that, you know, I'm not a huge country music fan, but I love folk music. And what I really loved about the original Country Bears was this real classic feeling of folk songs. And I think that they still have the potential to keep it that way, even with the new Disney songs that they're going to implement into the story. But I think that it's important because there are a lot of people out there that really do love country music. And so the concept of taking pop songs, because let's be honest, almost all of Disney music is pop songs, you know, and they're going to now somehow, you know, reinvent that in a, with a country feeling. I think that's important. They're, that's You're representing probably like half of the country of the United States that loves country music. So I think, I think that a lot of people are going to probably enjoy that aspect of it. But, you know, I think it's kind of hard to tell whether or not really people are going to like it or not. That's, that's my only confusion on the whole thing, because I would have been okay if they had completely removed country bears and had just done like an entirely new concept altogether. Um, all right, Rachel, thank you for coming on tonight. That's the end of... <laughs> you, I think you're kind of in the minority if you are okay. I, I, I recognize that there's a huge following for Country Bread Jamboree. And I recognize that, that, you know, that's an original piece to the Magic Kingdom. It's an original piece to Disneyland. It, it, it's the history of Disney. And I don't have a, any issue with Country Bread Jamboree. I would be fine if it's still there and I would be fine if it was gone. But I you're think saying that's... if they're going to do something to it, they, they, I, let's hope that they don't just slap dash it and that it, it they actually bring some quality to these changes. Yes. You're saying? Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I, I do. I agree. I, with and you. I, I just think they really need to upgrade the animatronics themselves. Like, I think that's my biggest problem is yeah, sure. Update the music. But if you're not going to update the animatronics and the actual feeling in the theater space. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say the last time we were there, I remember distinctly how noisy the animatronics were Yes, in the front row. Yes. And, uh, or one particularly of the, the ones like, on the walls. Yes. The heads on the walls are the loudest. That's the problem with the one when they shortened the show, when they redid everything a few years ago, they took out all the lines from the, from, uh, uh, Melvin, uh, whatever the the three, moose, uh, the moose all, yeah. all of them on the wall. They took their lines away, but they didn't delete the track that moves the faces. Yes, so they're just talking the whole time and with not no sound. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, I think this is where we, we have been Disney fans for a really long time, and we have seen Disney make some faux pas mistakes when it comes to updates or upgrades to rides. And some of those mistakes have been very cheaply done to the point where it was like, I don't even, I would have preferred they have not touched it than to have done what they had done because it wasn't good quality. I think as long as what they do brings back an air of quality and they're really focusing on the joy and the love that people have for these characters, like I am totally for these changes. I just hope that if they're doing all this, that they also fix some of the problems that the show has and maybe yes. easier to put a christmas show back yeah that was another thing i was thinking about too was like the possibility of being able to do the changes that they need if they wanted to do seasonal shows which you know i yeah. think magic kingdom really needs i know that there's been like a lot of back and forth over the years about doing things that are seasonal at this particular park but i man i i love the seasons so yeah. i hope that they you know they make it easy to do that all right and a couple more things in the magic kingdom Right on the back side of that same building, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be getting a tavern. Yes. Uh, with the return of the Peg Lake Pete Barker Bird animatronic or something yes. is going to be there. We don't have a lot of details. We just know that that's no in the world. I think it's going to be replacing the Tortuga Tavern mm-hmm. restaurant mm-hmm. that's yes. right uh, on the back side of Pego's Bills. I, ho- I have to say, when they made this announcement, I was very excited. Yes. I love themed restaurants at Disney. I I don't think they do enough of the highly themed restaurants that have to do with the IP. Like I'll give you an example. Like when, like when they opened the beauty and the beast restaurant um, at magic kingdom, I mean, that was the chef's kiss. I mean, there, there's just something about walking into a restaurant and just feeling like you're there. I remember when we were at universal for the first time and we went into, um, when we went to the leaky cauldron, I was like, Ron, we are literally walking in the movie. I mean, it's like being inside. So for me, I really hope that whatever they develop, it really brings me to that place. And, and I what, get some kind what of food, what food do you think they're going to have? At uh, that Caribbean food. <laughs> I don't know. It's it could be anything. Seafood, Caribbean. It's going to be better know. than the seasonal hot dogs and turkey legs. Oh, they God. They better not have a turkey leg in there. Um, well, because that's my problem with a lot of the restaurants at Magic Kingdom is that while they do, you know, tend to give the restaurant a name that goes along with an IP, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, the food doesn't represent what the actual IP is all right. the time. Like Pinocchio Village House, prime example. Pizza. <laughs> Pizza. I mean, sure. It's Italian, but you know. I mean, I, I get that part, but like, come on. <laughs> well, just, I think that um, they could like, do better. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I really do. I think I, I also don't, we don't know if this is going to be a sit down restaurant uh, or if this is going to be a quick service. I, in all honesty, I really hope it's not a quick service, only because I Probably think will be. I know because of the physical space that we're thinking it's going to sit in. I hope it's not a quick service, only because I think that they're probably going to skimp on the decorative and the design if that is the case. But positive plus is if it is a quick service, and we know that they're bringing in this animatronic. What if just what if? They're trying to create at this end of the park, like a sunny eclipse, you know, like a, 
rotating animatronic show that is in, um, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean theming experience. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) My hope is that they also expand that theming um, and maybe give some kind of special drink beverage oh, yeah. or a special cup kind of like at you know kind of like the lafou's brew i mean if i'm going to be drinking uh or, or eating at you know a pirates of the caribbean themed restaurant i want to be able to get some kind of specialty glass that looks like a coconut or something or a skull you know? yeah or a skull something that just screams pirates of the caribbean and basically says you need to come eat here even if it is just a, 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 a quick service and we're just giving you cheeseburgers and onion rings. Okay. I, I just want, I need to have that expanded theme moving into that space because, and I agree that is something needed to happen there. Tortuga Tavern just, it's been very meh for a long time. I mean, the last time I ate there, the food was fine. It's just that it wasn't very exciting, and I only ate there because it was part of my tour. It's part of my backstage tour. What happens there is seasonal now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like nobody was going in there except for the restrooms or for Sources of the Magic Kingdom most of the time, anyway. Right, and then from time to time they'll have these seasonal items. Like we got, they had a seasonal French fry plate or something, so we went and grabbed that. That was from the (laughs) the place next door. <laughs> from the place next door. It's a lot of overflow seating often for Pecos yes. Bill. Yes, that's yes. true. And if this becomes more popular, I think we'll see some of that backroom of Pecos be switched to this theming. Yeah, that's true. Because um, they back up to each other and they share a kitchen and all that stuff. So uh, there's one more thing that they met. This was a little later in the presentation, but one more Magic Kingdom thing. So let's just get it out of the way. Is they are working and they're still working on the Beyond Big Thunder project that's going to at an expansive land on the back side of the park behind Tom Sawyer's Island and Big Thunder. We don't know what it is right now. They didn't give us any updates that it is still in the works and it's going to be acres of an expansion. Well, and they talked about this last year um, at the um, annual, uh, they did a D23 event last year too. Some of Um, the stuff that they were talking about for that is coming elsewhere now. Well, they didn't mention Coco, but they mentioned Encanto originally as well. Yeah, initially, I feel like they had mentioned that it would be Encanto or a Coco themed world. Both. I think it was supposed to be a. Was it both? I think it was just supposed to be like a Latin American theme, but right. Uh, which makes sense if you're going farther beyond the southwest of America. That's where you're going to head into Mexico and down into South America from there. But we don't know anything about it. They just said they're still working on it. And they're still playing with ideas, but it is coming. Might be the end of the decade before we see it. Uh, Then let's move on over to Epcot. We've got a few things here. Um, This is another thing that's out of order, but the Figment meet and greet is now open at the Journey into Imagination Pavilion in the uh, Image Works area. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, but I know my daughter's never going to go see him. <laughs> I mean, she's not going to see him right now. She's still a little scared of characters. But, and he's big. Uh, yes, he's a tall character, he like Goofy Goofy and Tigger's height. But um, I'm very excited only because this is an intensely nostalgic um, experience that when they... <laughs> <laughs> the changes that have happened to the journey into imagination ride over the years are obviously have been fraught with some intense 
feelings and emotions. Um, but when they, you know, removed figment and then they brought him back, they just never really brought him back to like that level of, you know, iconicness. And now I feel like we're finally like giving him the, like, we're giving this character the due, you know, like this is what, this is what we've been waiting yeah, for. I don't think most kids understand our generation's attachment to this character from that ride mm-hmm. that, well, like, Journey to Imagination is one of the, the original, is truly one of the greatest attractions Walt Disney ever d- ever did. And, you know, I got to go thank Tony Baxter in person once for it. And I, I, and he, I was wearing a Figment shirt that I designed myself that he actually tried to buy off me. I'm like, oh, it's the only one I don't got anything else to wear. Um, <laughs> but but that's just it. And, and I'll be fair, I, as excited as I am about this particular meet and greet, I I really wish that they would have announced that they were going to do an upgrade to the Journey to Imagination ride. Um, it's a little old and it, it's not like antiquated. It's just, you know, it just doesn't have very much feeling, no. you know, and I would really love it if they if they could redesign this ride and just bring us back some emotion, you know, like they there was. Make the new figment of today for the kids of today. Yes. I think that's part yes. of the problem. I think they really want that's to. That's exactly and it. And they're just lost on the idea or lost on the sponsor to help fund it. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I hope that if the figment meet and greet does as well as everyone hopes it will, that maybe it will give them the oh, well, it, 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 monetary. It, 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 it had a five hour line today, so it's definitely doing well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's an opening day kind of thing, but but that's so less than the popcorn bucket hat. <laughs> but but yeah, I really hope that you know by people showing their response of how much they love Figment, that maybe it convinces them that they need to invest in this ride and the honestly the entire Imagination Pavilion. Let's be honest. I mean, to be honest, I you know I'm I'm just gonna be the typical bearer of negativity oh, on this particular go ahead, panel Rachel. today. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like they need to really invest in changing the ride per se. I would rather they built some kind of like kids play yes. area. Like, like they, they used the to be a much more, space. there used to be a much more in like invested play area, indoor play area for kids that they really kind of haven't a hundred percent brought back yet. And it would be great if there was an outdoor play area too, like just like an actual playground or something. No, I, well, we couldn't agree with you let's more. Let's move on to that because. The <laughs> well, next but thing. but uh, but hold on. I also think they really missed the mark with this meet and greet. Like, I mean, I, I love Figment and I want to meet Figment, but Figment as a tall humanoid figure was not what I envisioned as a as my meet and greet i wanted it to be kind of like the the baby groot meet and greet where they gave me the figment animatronic and then maybe next to him was nigel the you know oh, the, the person well that's what we had originally was even well, before it, the ride it, open it was ron schneider as the dream fighter right it was the dream yeah fighter. yeah exactly I actually kind of agree with you, like the little friendly version, the little fun, friendly version of this dragon would have been, I think, more fantastical. And I think smaller children would have like really enjoyed that more. I won't I won't deny the fact that I as a 
child at heart, I'm going to hug this giant figment. But I think that you're going to have a lot of smaller kids who are going to be a little afraid. You know. Well, and and I still think that one of my favorite meet and greets I've ever done at Disney was the baby group meet and greet. And it was really just one of the most magical things I've ever seen. I've never in my life actually been in a room with something that was obviously not a real moving human talking thing. And it it actually like convinced me that that something something was happening with this little animatronic and it was real it was so real that even i was stunned i didn't even know what to say <laughs> and that but that's what i mean like there is a power that comes with that type of of technology i mean even like the bb8 meet and greet is yeah. more exciting like i mean and you're giving me a figment that can't talk yeah like, that is you, true I mean, what they did was they did a cheap out version to me of what they, they and they could have done more. They absolutely could have invested more. This whole feels like a stopgap for some reason. I think it's still. Yeah, this, this could be like on the journey. Yes, pun intended to whatever is going to be the next elevated experience that's going to be figment. But like I said, I, I think it's I important hope. that we should. I think it's important that we as the fans show the love because they need yes. to see that, that we're invested in figment and they will invest. You know, I agree. And that's what I want. I want them to invest more in figment. I want them to put way more figment related things in that area. Instead of just it being the ride, I want just to be so much more. I would be like, I would love a whole land about figment at well, Epcot. It is. It's yeah. it's the imagination pavilion, I, but it's literally just a ride. It's I know just there's really nothing else there right now. I'm saying that that's what I'm saying is that there there's no like full land experience that's actually about Figment. It is literally just a ride. Of course, now there is the Figment meet and greet, so now you have a ride and a meet and greet. But they also didn't say if the meet and greet is going to be like forever or if it's it just for a short period a of time. Builds a backdrop. It's going to be there for a while. Yeah. They, they I hope so. Like really, they they did some backdrop. They didn't just throw a curtain up. Is this actually over at the Imagination Pavilion? Yeah, or, this or is over it the, the okay. developing yes. one we did before. Okay, good, good. That's okay, perfect. Um, but as you were saying, like you wanted an outdoor playground, and we get Moana's Journey of Water is opening uh, October sixteenth officially. We've got some preview dates before that for people to see. But everybody who's done it has I've spoken to has really loved like what they did here. Like it is a IP and Epcot like merger done well. Yeah. Where it teaches you about the water cycle, but yes. it still feels Moana and playful and kids can go get splashed and yes. have fun. What I was seeing that I was not expecting when I was reading all about it before it had been opened. I was not expecting the edutainment piece of it, which I have to say I truly appreciate. This really goes back to, you know, the Epcot of old, like the the original concepts of what Epcot, Epcot were all about. There was a water cycle show at the old Living Seas. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I will say this, and I I truly do think this was designed with younger kids in mind. Uh, I don't think it replaces a playground of sorts or a physical interactive space. Again, it's outdoors and it's it's Orlando. But um, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I really do hope that this is possibly the first of what could be more experiences for younger audiences. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. 
Now, on the other part of the announcement was there there is going to be an attached Moana meet and greet yes, as well. That part I'm excited about too, which is going to be nice. It's going to it feels right. It, Moana at Epcot. I will say at first I was like I didn't get it, but it feels right now. Um, it makes sense to me. Where this is a park that is celebrating multiple cultures and exploration yes adventure. yes I, i'm excited about it is it, makes it sense. just going to be moana for the meet That's and greet? What we've right heard. now it's just moana there might be i wonder if there's a little hey hey next to her or something like that uh, but uh, oh I've man if pictures, there so. if if there was a hey hey uh, i i i i don't think I, there's a hey hey i think it's she has like a uh a canopy over her that's uh, like like one of the sails from the sailboat. You know, even if it was like her grandmother, like before she dies, of course, if it was her and her grandmother, I would just be like beside myself. I, know, I, I, I would be. Uh, I would. That would be like the coolest grandmother I'd ever want to meet. Like I, 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 I just think that they really are missing opportunities with some of the the fan favorite characters in that particular movie. I would just love it if they randomly bring in some of the extra characters from the from that movie. I mean, I mean, it would have been I mean, Maui and Maui. None of the like, like we've seen him in parades. He just doesn't look good up close. Yeah, it's a tough costume because of the phys- the physique, you know. So, oh, also opening soon at Epcot is the World Celebration, which I don't know what this means. I think it just means the walls are coming down in the center part of the park, and we're going to see the fountains and whatever they've right. done. Fountains in the gardens and but stuff all around it. I don't think there's much to that. That's coming in December. Uh, they didn't say anything else. Oh, we might get the Walt statue. The Dreamers Point's going to be there uh, finally when that opens, I'm assuming. That would be nice. Uh, but also opening December, and this is the second year in a row, our trip is just missing a major Epcot edition by days. On December 5th, Luminous, the new nighttime spectacular replacing Harmonious, and well, I guess Epcot Forever, is going to debut on December 5th. Uh didn't tell us much. It's just Luminous, the Symphony of Us. So it looks like it takes the harmonious concept and tweaks it a little bit, it sounds like. I don't know. I I have a feeling, of, I mean, just given the word luminous, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more about, like, lights in the sky. I wonder if perhaps this could be a drone show, if there could be more things to do with lights coming off of the buildings from, you know, the... World showcase, like who knows? Like we have no idea. No information's come out. Well, yet. I think I liked Harmonious more than a lot of people did, but you couldn't see it from all around the location. Yeah, if yes. You weren't in the front. It, it's a different. You didn't get a yeah. good view. Yes, because of the way that those barges worked with the screens. Although I will say that they were huge, and you could see them very well. But including during the day when they weren't doing. I anything. know the the problem was is that you. It wasn't designed like the globe that was rotating before, where it didn't matter where you stood in the World Showcase. Everyone had almost virtually the same experience. In this show, in that show, you had to stand in certain places to get a certain experience. I I'm kind of hoping that by the title, that it is going to actually feel more like Reflections of Earth. Oh. Um, because it's symphony of us, which implies to me that they're going to really kind of hone in more on like the different cultures. Yeah. Um, not that I, I, I didn't hate harmonious either. Like I actually, I actually liked harmonious. I just didn't, the, the tech piece to it didn't affect me 
it didn't do anything for me positively. I think that they're, they, I think that reflections of earth, they just really did a better job of blending the feelings of the music with, Mm -hmm. you know, and utilizing the technology in a way that really brought, brought more oomph to the music. And I think that that's the only thing that harmonious, it just missed the mark, I think on that for me, but the fireworks for harmonious are great. There's, particular sections of harmonious that's really quite spectacular, but it is very Disney music driven. I think what was great about reflections of earth is that it wasn't trying to, to rely on people's love for that music. No, they had one of the best it was a, scores it was, I was to say that the best ever music. created for a theme park. They yes. Used- they use it on different specials like Wait, Disney. Didn't, didn't they use the main song in Reflections of Earth as the song on the TVs when you were literally going through customs yes. to get back into America and New York City? Yeah, they, they did that. And they also used it, I think, on some of the New Year's, like the New Year's Eve. Yeah, so like any person from another country who's coming to America to go through customs in New York, which is one of the major hubs for customs. Not anywhere. It wasn't just New I think York. it might have been everywhere. We but had it here. Yeah, but... So, oh, that's true. It was here in Boston as well. I forgot. But yeah, so any person could hear that music. And to me, like that just speaks volumes about how that music felt. It felt like the music for us. So it does kind of make me think, just like what Rachel's saying, that the focus is going to be going back to the music. What are we doing to harmonize and bring every all of these things together to make really great music? And even the original Illuminations Before Reflections was all classical pieces melded together from different countries. Yes, yes. Well, and Reflections of Earth was just such a beautifully executed show. It's so sad whenever they remove something like that and they have to replace it with with what they hope to be better. Well, Reflections is one of the longest running shows that Disney's had ever. Yeah, so, you know. And 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 it really was a great show. Granted, I was very excited to have new shows, and I I think that new shows should continuously mm-hmm. be driven at the Disney theme parks. I I don't think they should have a show like that running that long. Um, I I think that obviously shows are meant are not they're not meant to last forever. We can't all be Phantom of the Opera on Broadway and last like thirty years. It's just not <laughs> evolution. <laughs> exactly, there should be some evolution at the theme park. So I am very excited for Luminous. I am sad that we're going to miss it, but I, but you know what, we'll get to see it eventually. Oh yeah. And who knows, who knows, maybe they might decide to do testing for it while we're there. And then you never know. I was telling Laura, like, even though like we're at just a staycation part of our trip at the end of it, we're still there the days it opens. I'm like, I might get a ticket to just go over for that just to see them. I was like, don't you dare, but <laughs> it might still happen. Um, I mean, I, I, I am very hopeful for this new show uh, because I, I, I don't think Harmonious lasted very long. So we only really got, I only saw it once. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen it one time. time. So I, let's, we should probably just mention about the fact that Harmonious was so short-lived. I think it was short-lived because Disney recognized that there was a lot of grumblings about it. People were not loving it. The barges were just a significant eyesore and impacting the general experience of all guests, whether you saw that show or not. Um, it I, was 
even though they were trying to bring those cultures music by putting it in native language and right. stuff, it still like, felt like pushing Disney on those cultures rather than let those cultures shine, which is what Epcot's about. Yes. Yes. I think I think that um also Harmonious was an extremely abstract show um without as much linear storytelling. Um so and I think traditionally those styles of shows at Disney have not done well. Uh, one I would mention Rivers of Light at Animal Kingdom was a very abstract show without having as much linear storytelling. It just didn't really hit home for Disney audiences. Um, and that was a long mm-hmm. show. Um, and Rivers of Light lasted longer it. than Harmonious. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, so I think this just really speaks volumes in the fact that Disney clearly is listening to the fans. You know, they want to make sure that they're producing something that people are going to love. And usually in my experience, when Disney goes through the significant lift, the lift and shift of changing these big shows, they're doing so with the intention for it to last a while. Um, so they're pro- my hope is that they've learned from their previous mistakes with Rivers of Light and with Harmonious, that they're really focusing on bringing something that the people are going to really connect with. Well, so, that's about Epcot. Yeah. Oh, no, no, say, isn't there one more thing at Epcot? Oh, yeah, that's right. New test track. Yeah, we're getting a test track upgrade. We don't have a date or details other than Chevrolet is still involved and okay. they are going back and taking inspiration from the original World of Motion attraction. Yes. So I wonder if they're going to kind of give us the history of cars or something in the test track system. I'm so excited for this. I really I first of all, I I hope that they get rid of the fast part. <laughs> I know they can send it that's probably That's not going. I know that's probably a, not a popular um but I, I would cover really, it so it could run in the rain. True, good idea. Um, for me, what I miss is like that storytelling. I'm not saying like a slow moving vehicle storytelling, but I'm just saying like the storytelling. And this is a very like abstract kind of story well, already. So the, the I don't think the new one as it's fun and designing your car is fun. It never clicked because it's so abstract compared yes. to the original one of. You are in a yeah. car getting yeah. tested. Yeah, you're a test dummy. You're not getting thrown. Well, yeah, in I was trying to say the 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 original storyline was not abstract at all. I yeah. it, I thought it was a very direct storyline. Exactly that was and that was in. acceptable. Um, but World of Motion was better than that. So you know, I, I'm having trouble remembering World of Motion. You guys would have been like nine when it closed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my like I loved original Epcot. I was. I grew up with it. I, you know, I'm just a couple years older than it. So I I was going there since I was two years old and just fell in love with these and, and the animatronic spectacles, the scale of those rides is what really did it. And I could have done horizons, world of motion, spaceship earth all day and not even cared about going to the magic kingdom at certain points when I was a little kid. Uh, Our daughter is obsessed with Epcot. Which she think is just space of birth, but <laughs> she, um, you know, I think all kids are different in terms of what they they connect with at Mag- at, at Disney World. First of all, and she loves all the other parks. Let's just put it that way. But for whatever reason, there is this magical light in her eyes 
when she sees pictures of Epcot, when she sees things that she remembers from Epcot. Uh, she strangely enough prefers the future world section over the world showcase. Uh, you know, well, it's a more kid friendly, right? Section. It is slightly more kid friendly. I will say that. Um, but, but yeah, she's just so obsessed with it. And I just really look forward to the focus that they're finally putting into this space because like, she's going to love it all. Like she's going to be so obsessed. All right. Well, that is it for Epcot now. Uh, they then moved over to some Disney Cruise Line stuff. They recapped a little bit about the Disney Treasure. We're not going to do that again because we just did that last week, all their announcements. But we got a couple naming announcements out of this. The first is it's not just going to be Lighthouse Point as the new uh, private island area on the southern tip of Eleuthera in the Bahamas. It's going to be uh, Lookout Key. Right? Or look out yeah, point. Look out point. Look out point. At Lighthouse Point. At Lighthouse Point. Sorry. Yeah. So this is going to be their second island, their second private island. And I will say this. <laughs> um, as I was looking at the um, artwork that has been displayed so far, because that's all that's been released. Uh, it looks a lot to me like they're really trying to come up with a competitive island that competes more with um perfect day with perfect day coco k through the um through the royal caribbean cruise line what, and i even hear some of the most disney diehards saying as they love disney cruise line but perfect day yeah blows castaway key there's so much more water. to there's so much more to you, do you there you have the nice quiet beach but if you wanted to sit in a lagoon pool with a swim up bar they've got that they have things you could upcharge i don't think we're going to the full like have beach club and water park here, but I think there's going to be a little bit more to do than just the beach stuff that Castaway has. But yeah, I, I, I'm actually quite excited about it. And I think this is going to mean that they're going to be increasing their cruises in that part of the world, which means that hopefully the prices will begin to go down on the older ships. I think we're going to see yeah. some better price. Like the, the, Wonder and the Magic have always been a little more better priced than the Dream and the Fantasy. And the definitely like per night, you're like the Dream is much better than the Wish. So I think we're still going to see some high prices on the Wish and the Treasure and whatever the next one is out right. of that class. Uh, but, but we're yeah. going to see some more options for cruises and different itineraries rather than three, four night Bahamas and Seven night Eastern, seven night Western. Yeah. Uh, not much to that. We got the name. That's opening next year. They're going to have the first cruises are going there are like the Magic and the Dream. They're not putting the, the newer ships there as much because they're trying to balance demand with it for the new island versus the new ships. Uh, but the other thing we got is Disney purchased a partially completed cruise liner last year. Uh, called the Global Dream. It was supposed to be the largest by passenger capacity ship in the world. Disney's said that ain't going to happen, but they've changed a lot of stuff. And that's going to be serving the Asian markets. And they, we got the name for it is the Disney Adventure, which uh, I'm fine with. It fits the name and they can't call the new ship in the Wish class or the Triton class uh, the Adventure because the Adventureland boat is called the Treasure. Yeah. 
I think this is exciting, and I hope that they're you know going to be releasing more information about this boat in the coming months. And I hope I have a chance to get on it. If it's, <laughs> it's going to be tough in the Asian markets, but we keep talking about doing the Asian parks, and this could be a, just a whole part of doing that at some point. <laughs> uh, not much else to it. Uh, we're going to get more details probably. You know, I think that'll be early 2025 when that launches, I'm guessing, because I think it's behind the treasure. So we'll see uh, how that goes. Um, and then finally, we moved over to Animal Kingdom with the first announcement is we're going to be losing It's Tough to Be a Bug. Sorry, get people, you can't traumatize your kids as easily at a Disney attraction. <laughs> Um, I'm actually very sad about this. I, I'm in love with this tough to be a bug. Um, my favorite part of that experience actually is like the waiting room space. Yes. <laughs> um, it's so silly, but it's so perfect. So they have all of the um, like the Broadway style musical posters for all the all the shows that are all like the spoofs, the bug spoofs. And then they're playing the bug spoof music that's from like all of those big like those imaginary broadway style shows um so it's it's just such a like little magical experience i brought andy in there when she was three and a half one of our last trips three three and a half ish and um she loved it she did not like sitting in the chair when the bugs were moving around like the back and then stuff so she sat on my lap but she still loved it um, you know, I could tell she was scared, but like not so scared that she didn't want to watch the show. Uh, and it is being replaced with a Zootopia attraction, which I, I like better than getting a Zootopia land for <laughs> Animal Kingdom. Um, I just never thought it fit that well. But I think the attraction, this will be an update because Tough to Be a Bug has been in rough shape. Like the animatronics are often broken and this will give them a chance to put in new ones. We're mm -hmm, getting a mm -hmm. Clawhauser animatronic. Yes. And we're going to go through all the biomes of Zootopia. That's kind of all they told us, and they didn't yeah. give us any dates on this. We're hoping it doesn't close before our November trip. Mm, we'll see. I am very excited about what the changes are going to be. Don't get me wrong. I love Zootopia. And I have to say, I was slightly upset when they said this was happening, only because I was like, well, wait, I really, really, really wanted a Zootopia land. Um, but I wasn't as upset like once I found out about the rest of the changes that they plan on making at Animal King at Animal Kingdom. So you know, and, well, I think they I think a Zootopia Lane would have fit great there. I do too. Ugh. I think you need to separate it some way. I think it just. I think maybe putting it back in the Planet Watch area where you can take the train gives some separation. But when they were going to try and put it in Dino Land, I don't think it worked. So now what we are getting in Dino Land is the what they're calling the Tropical Americas. South America, like the north part of South America, Central America, we're getting kind of the Amazonian jungle concept. And yeah. There's going to be an Encanto attraction. They didn't say much. They just kind of teased us with some, we don't talk about Bruno music and some puns. <laughs> And the other thing they teased us was with some Indiana Jones music and puns. But I think we just, I think we're just going to get a complete overlay of Dinosaur to be the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye or some slight Which, update on that because the rides are almost completely identical. 
I'm, which I'm, I'm actually, very confused by. I'm a, I'm very confused at why they're making that change to this ride. I I like that ride at Disneyland, but I don't have any understanding as to how that ride is going to actually tie in to the changes that they're planning on making in the Dinoland area. I think there'll have to be some minor changes because it feels like a very like Anchor Watt style temple, I think, I, out in Disney. I definitely think they're going to have to do some work and making it all tie together for sure. Um, I think that part of the whole connection is that he is this explorer and there is like a real exploratory, you know, history well, behind he's the an Amazon. Ball was he's an archaeologist. He's an archaeologist. Well, exactly. But he's a, come on, he's an explorer archaeologist. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that they are going to probably find some ways to tie it together. Like like maybe they will have a brand new story for part of like an indie adventure that you could only experience in this ride, which is going to be in the Amazon or in Columbia. And he accidentally goes back in time to the dinosaur land. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're totally getting away from dinosaurs. Has never gotten the attention. Like, I'm I mean, I given, like dinosaur. Given the Dial like, of Destiny and what its purpose was in this latest movie, maybe that's what they're going to do. A whole ride that is Dial of Destiny, and now Indiana's going to go back in time somewhere. <laughs> but those giant animatronics have always been the problem there. Yes, and I will say I'm not it was a huge in horrible shape when we were there last year. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this ride, you know, for personal reasons and for <laughs> Yeah, so you want to tell this one story, Laurel? Oh, Lord. No, no, let's not. Let's not. No, I don't want to talk about it. It's it's just gonna bring me back some, you know, trauma. But I will say I'm excited for whatever changes that they make. I'm actually a big fan of the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. It's one of my favorite things that they have there. Um, and I, I four hours for that. Right? I, it's so silly. Uh, but, but I will say this. The nice thing I love about the fact that they're going to be doing this at this park is that I know it is not going to be a 15 minute queue just to look. If you were just to walk through the queue at Disneyland, nobody in front of you. It's at least a 15 minute walk. That's a really long queue. Yeah. That's, it has that's to leave the park. That is a ridiculously long queue. If you are just walking to from the entrance to the ride just to get on. Um, so I know that's not going to happen at Disney world. I already know what the queue is. There's, and they're probably not going to change the uh, physical makeup of that. So I, I think it's a plus for me. <laughs> so. And I think that covers it. Uh, it was a kind of an exciting little uh, presentation. I think there was a lot more there than I expected. Yes, I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting because Destination D's never been big on announcements, but I think this one was. Everybody knew this was going to be a little heavier, but there was a lot here. Even if it was blue sky and a little far off, we got a lot of interesting stuff here. Yes, I, I think that the big reason why they wanted to do. Um, these announcements was frankly because of the timing of when Iger came back um, and the challenges that they had with the previous D23. Um, So I think in a lot of ways, like they kind of needed to get some really positive motion out there 
because of the need of of the new direction of the company, you know. But I, I either way, I think that a lot of the choices that they're making are very smart. I'm excited about them. I hope that most Disney fans are. So any closing remarks, Rachel? No, I think you summed it up very beautifully, and uh, I'm very excited for all for for most of the changes. Uh, even with my negative perspective of what what some of the changes are, I'm still always going to be excited for changes at Disney because I I think that that's why we keep going back to Disney is because they're constantly evolving, and we constantly want to see these changes. Good or bad, we want to see these changes. <laughs> well said. The parks are not meant to be museum. Yes. So with that, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Mouse Parts. If you're interested in seeing any of these things in person, Cruise Line, Disneyland, Disney World, contact our travel agent sponsor, uh, Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations, ttavacations at gmail.com. You'll get one of the three of us as your agent. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Laurel and Rachel, thank you guys and have a good night. Good night. See you real soon. <laughs>